Let's go to Hebrews, the 10th chapter, verses 19 through 22. Hebrews, the 10th chapter, verses 19 through 22. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh. And having the high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you to thank you, to bless you, and to glorify your name. I thank you for being my help and my joy and my peace. Lord God, let flesh be silent, but let your word be, hallelujah, exhorted, and let your word help us and encourage us, oh God. We ask in the mighty name of Jesus that you would bless us today in Jesus' name. Amen. May I be seated. The sermon today, the, the, the text that, or the, the message is beyond the veil. Beyond the veil. And we know that the tabernacle was erected in the wilderness. The scripture says, seeing that thou make all things according to the pattern which is showed unto thee in the mount. So when Moses was given the instructions in the blueprints how to build the tabernacle, God gave him that in the mount. And so when you look at the tabernacle, it teaches us how to approach God, how we approach God. And in the Old Testament, we could not approach God at all. There always had to be a burnt sacrifice. And then you have the brazen laver, which they washed with. Then you have the holy place. Then you have the holies of holies. But only the high priest could enter in once a year for the atonement for mankind. And you think about the other priests that assisted him according to their pattern of what God gave them, their order. And so when you look at the tabernacle and you look at how it's forfeited and how it's made and how God gave Moses all the blueprints, and you consider how we as the church in the New Testament, we're able to approach God. In the Old Testament, we couldn't approach him. We always had to bring a sacrifice. There had to be something that was without blemish, something that was valuable. And even how they would take the lamb in the 14th day of Nisan and bring it until, unto their home. So they would be familiar with them. They would be familiar with that lamb. But that also lamb that, that was familiar with them is the same lamb that they had to send forth to be sacrificed. But it had to be without a blemish. It had to be of a first year. So you think about even how we offer up spiritual sacrifices unto God even now. Romans 12, it says, I beseech thee, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy. Now look at this. Holy and acceptable unto God. And see, this thing goes beyond just man. This thing is between you and God. Now, you got to obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves for they watch for your souls and must give account. So we, 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 we are about order. We have to do things in order. God places a shepherd over us. Then we have a chief shepherd. I thank God because the chief shepherd doesn't overthrow the under shepherd. He doesn't do anything 
outside of what the under shepherd does. But he is the one that instructs the under shepherd. The under shepherd is the caregiver. He's the one that God puts, hallelujah, direct contact with the people. Because he's with the people, he identifies with the people. He is touched. Now look at this. When we look at how he with, he's with us and he sees us, he ministers to us, he cares about us. I'm going to tell you something. It, 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 it just, my mind goes just watching Bishop Burt all through the years. It doesn't matter who comes in this congregation. He has a love and concern for all souls. He's not a harling. He's not in it for just the money. He will warn when the wolf is out. He will chastise and he will rebuke with all long suffering. We thank God for the man of God because he does things in order according to what's written in God's word. He's given us a pastor after his own heart. You think about the love that I've seen this man demonstrate on every last one of us. Every person in this congregation has felt the demonstration of the love from how our bishop loves us. Every last one of us. And we've also been blessed by him taking and putting money in our pockets and being there to help us. Come on now. We've seen that. There's a many that can testify about that. There'll be a need, and he's right there. He'll be right there for you. I remember when I first graduated high out of uh, Barber College, and Gilsey was there getting his hair cut, Bishop Burke. So when you think about the testimony of how our pastor has been there helping us and loving us and supporting us, this is a great legacy that God has allowed our bishop to have all through these years. And like I said, if, if you leave and you come back, ain't nothing changed. He's going to be the same. He's going to love you. He's going to be there for you. He's going to be kind. And he's going to tell you the truth too. Amen? He's going to tell you the truth whether you want to hear it or not. I thank God for the man of God. I praise God for him. I thank God for even how the bishop had traveled down and performed our marriage ceremony back in November. He didn't have to do that, but he did. I thank God for that. Looking at the pictures down there on the beach and who was there on their, with their robe on, Bishop was. I praise God for that. But tonight I want to talk about beyond the veil. That veil is a holy place. Where the Ark of the Covenant is. And where the Ark of the Covenant is, you have the manna. The, the, the manna represents that which God fed the children of Israel while they were in the wilderness. Then the tables of stone with the Ten Commandments. Then you have Aaron's rod that budded. Now look at this. Levitical priesthood was established with Aaron. And when that rod budded, that means it was chosen above all others. Now look at this. We're part of a royal priesthood, and we're chosen above all others in the New Testament. We're a royal priesthood and a chosen generation. God is expecting some fruit out of this generation and some holiness out of this generation and some love out of this generation and some long-suffering out of this generation. God's expecting for us, hallelujah, to be gentle in this generation. We got to be gentle with each other. We got to be gentle with each other because we can't save nobody but yourself. That's all you can save is yourself. 
We can look around and we can point our fingers at each other. We can look around and we say so-and-so should have did this and so-and-so should have done that. I'm going to tell you something. When it comes down to judgment in the house, it's, you better keep your eyes on yourself. Let ye that think ye stand, take heed lest you fall. If you're watching everybody else, that's where you can trip. Come on, talk to me. Paul said, I keep up under my body and bring it in subjection. Lest by any means, though I preach to others, and I myself be a castaway. 1 Corinthians 9 and 27. So when you look at that, so when you can go beyond the veil, there was only one person that can go beyond the veil, which is the high priest. Only Aaron could go beyond the veil once every year. Now look at this. But Moses was able to commune with God beyond the veil. Only Moses could go and commune. And that's what God gave him the commandments. But in the New Testament, because of Jesus Christ, because he entered and went beyond the veil in the tabernacle that's in heaven. Now we can come boldly. Now we can go and obtain help and find mercy and grace to help in time of need. See, there's something about getting into the presence of God. And when you begin to start praying and seeking God's face. See, what God wants us to do is to start seeking him like never before. I'm talking to myself tonight. Getting down before God in prayer. Because if you pray more, you ain't got to worry about being prayed on. See, if you pray more, you ain't got to worry about a slipping and sliding and having problems and issues in your flesh. Because this flesh ain't no good. And the stumbling blocks that are set before you, you'll step right over them if you stay before God and stay in his presence. In the Old Testament, we can't even approach God. All we can do is come to the four pillars. But I'm so glad now. I can approach him. I can seek his face. I can seek God. I can pray. I can go before him. I can obtain mercy. See, we need mercy because of some times in your test. Your test got you almost at the brink of failure. See, y'all don't know about that. You can be in a test, and that test got you where you're almost going to yield to that temptation. But see, if you know something about God, and if you know that you can get in his presence, that test that wants to seek you, hallelujah, God can help you in your test. But you got to stay in God's presence. There no hath no temptation taking you such as is common to God. But look at this, God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able. Your temptation is not above that you are able. God takes note of what you're going through and what you're dealing with. He knows when he can go in and stop the fight. God will stop the fight on you. God is that powerful to stop the fight. But God is that powerful to let you go on and start training again. So when that test come back again, whatever form it is, you're strong now. There's some test that's too strong for you. That's why God will not let that devil overthrow you. Because that devil, look at this. Jesus had everything that the devil could throw at him. But God don't let the devil throw everything at us. Because he knows how much we can bear. He knows how much we can bear. The Bible says, he has shown me the path of righteousness. And in his presence is the fullness of joy. And at thy right hand are pleasures forevermore. 
There's something about getting into the presence of God. It's nothing like the Holy Ghost and that renewing and that joy that just gets down in your soul. And you begin to get into the presence of God and you begin to feel God all in you and moving in you. And you feel that power begin to surge in you. Ain't nothing like the presence of God. I share with y'all tomorrow will be a year that my son had passed away. But what I didn't tell you is when I began to feel that hurt coming up in my body, in my heart. One day I was praying at the house and I began to feel the Holy Ghost moving and it started moving and it started getting stronger and it began to get stronger. And God is the only one that can open you up and heal you at the same time. I'm going to tell you something. If you ever lost a child, you know that's a hurt. I'm only here because of the grace and mercy of God. You don't know my story and all that I've been through. People think you don't know what it took place in my heart and in my mind over the last year. But I'm going to tell you something. I'm not sitting around here going to no psychiatrist. I don't need no pills. And I sure don't need no 40 ounce. I got Jesus. I got Jesus. He is the comforter. And when the Holy Ghost came through and did what he did, changed me. He changed me. He healed me. I know him as a healer. He healed my heart that instant. And it's not that I do not forget. But he healed my heart so I could go forward. So I could keep moving forward. I'm going to tell you something. Don't let the devil set you, set you up. Because that temptation, if you fell in it, you will not be able to embrace your future. Did you hear what Brother Milo said? If you fail in your test, there's some tests that you cannot go and undo. You can't undo them. Once you fail, your future is sealed. Did you hear Brother Milo? But if you pass your test, it don't matter how much that test is pressing you and how much you might want to give in. If you stay in your test and stay and, and plant your feet, and regardless of what you feel it in your body and what your flesh want to do, stay on your cross. Stay on your cross. Because you don't know what God's got waiting for you in your future. There's some things that you will not be able to walk into if you fail your test. I want to talk about a one. In the, in the book of Psalms, Psalms 110 and 1, the scripture says, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou on my right hand until I make thy enemies thy footstool. Now look at this. That scripture right there, and I dealt with this last year, and God has had me revisit this. That was a conversation or a prophetic utterance out of the mouth of David. The second chapter of the book of Acts confirmed it. The 12th chapter of the book of Mark confirms it. It's also in the book of Luke. The Bible says that David, by the Holy Ghost, said, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou on my right hand until I make thy enemies thy footstool. Now look at this. That was not a conversation in the heavenlies. That was not a conversation between the Father and the Son. That was a prophetic utterance out of the mouth of David. Now in order for Jesus to sit down at the right hand of the Father, Jesus had to go through something to get there. He did not start out at the right hand of the Father. He ended up at the right hand and not at the right side. It's a place of power, a place of victory, a place of what? Retribution. A place that God did what? Reconcile us back into himself. That's what God did 
when he did it in the body of Jesus. So what he had to do is come through the, 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 the birth of a virgin. And then he had to come through this life. And then he had to come through temptation. Then he had to overcome himself. He had to overcome the world. He had to overcome the devil. And he had to overcome all the demonic spirits who were trying to force him into sin. Not until 28 and 18 did he say, all power is given unto me in heaven and earth. See, the first son of God was appointed, was given control over the earth. One in a certain place testifies, saying, What is man that thou art mindful of him, or the son of man that thou visitest him? Thou madest him a little lower than the angels, thou crownest him with honor and glory, and didst set him over the works of thine hands. Adam was given control over the earth. God gave it to his son, the one that he created, the created son. Jesus Christ is the only begotten son. Jesus Christ was appointed heir of all things. He had to overcome and it was given to him after he overcome death, hell, the grave, and the world, and himself. If there would have been sin on that body in him, he wouldn't have got up out the grave. If Jesus had committed sin... We wouldn't be standing here today. I'm so glad that he was a perfect sacrifice. He was the the, the scapegoat. All the sins was placed on him of the whole world. After he got up out of the grave, 20th chapter of the book of St. John, he told Mary, touch me not, for I have not ascended to your God and my God. But then he said, go tell my brother that I sent it to my father and your father. So that's when he did his high priestly sacrifice and went up and sprinkled his blood over the altar. The Ark of the Covenant. He did it before the Ark of the Covenant in Eastward. And then he sprinkled it over the Ark. His blood. For with one offering hath he perfected forever them that are sanctified. See, he sanctified us with his blood and by his spirit. We are redeemed by the precious blood of the Lamb. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. We cannot stand. We cannot live. We cannot walk upright before God without the shedding of blood. And then he turned around and washed our bodies in pure water. And when he went into the veil, Sixth chapter of the book of Hebrews, it says, Whither the forerunner for us has entered, even Jesus, made a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. He entered it. Forerunner went in. And the Bible talks about as an anchor of the soul. A hope that's not just about us, it's for our salvation. But we got somebody that entered in. That's, hallelujah, in the presence of God for us to intercede daily. He suffered from sinners, made higher than the heavens, holy, harmless. He's all that. When he ascended, but first he descended and went down to the lower parts of the earth. Then when he ascended, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Old Testament saints got up out the grave. See, God had never intended for us to die in the first place. He never intended for man. To be in paradise in the first place. See if Adam and Eve would have did what God said. 
we would have had the garden and the beautifulness and the, and the blessings of, of the garden of Eden right now. But I'm going to tell y'all something. We're going back to the garden during the millennial reign. It's going to be the garden all over again. No devil nowhere to be present. Then you'll be able to see God himself manifested in the flesh, in the body that you see the nail prints in his hands and, and, and his side that was pierced. He's going to reign over Jerusalem as king over all the earth. And the Lord my God shall be, there shall be one Lord and his name one. He's going to rule this earth law and he's coming back. He's coming back. And I got to hear him say, come my people. I got to hear him say, come my people. I got to hear him say, come my people. Because when this mortal puts on immortality, there's going to be change. It's going to be so quick, you ain't going to have time to think about who I need to ask to forgive me. Or do I need to go to my brother? You got to be full of the Holy Ghost. Because when you're full of the Holy Ghost, you can forgive in real time. They can cut you right on the spot and, and forgiveness is operating right then. Come on. We got to operate in forgiveness because God forgives us. And we got to show mercy because God has shown mercy to us since we had the Holy Ghost. Plenty of mercy. He said, I will give unto you the sure mercies of David. And we all know what David did. We all know what David did. And God gave him sure mercies. But look what David did before the prophet Nathan spoke to him. He tried to keep covering up his sin. Like people trying to cover their tracks using scriptures. You try to cover your tracks. God see you. If you don't Clean up, acknowledge your stuff, and be right about it. Don't sit up here and try to make yourself look so good with your, on, with your wrong. You got a three-piece suit on, but you smell like a dirty, rotten scoundrel. Did you hear me? You need to do something with them armpits and them other parts also. If you don't clean up right, they're going to smell you. Did you hear me? I don't care how decked out you are. You walk in there. I remember when they walked in the barbershop. They was Pepe Le Pew in too. And it only took 10 minutes for the whole barbershop to be fouled up. I had to open up the back door and the front door. In the winter. You can be cleaned up, looking good. But if you don't get your stuff right, when you wrong and tell it right. If you wrong, I did such and such, I did this and I did that. And, and, and don't try to cover it up. Because if you don't fess up, if you don't your confession is not right you can't get it right until you confess right if you want to be perfected tell on yourself but if you stay in the presence of God you ain't got to worry about telling on yourself did you hear me this walk is a real walk there's some tests and trials that we go through on this side and Jesus did all that as an anchor and a hope for our soul. He did that so we can make it. He's in the presence of God for our stead. He ever liveth to make intercession. Ever lives. You ain't got to worry about him dying. He ain't dying. Folks want to go get tattoos. Jesus is Lord. The Bible says don't make no markings in your body for the dead. Jesus ain't dead. You know that, don't you? I'm not putting I love Jesus on my, on my arm, y'all. You know that, don't you? He's my Lord and Savior. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, watch out now. And you know all the other places these folk are putting stuff now. Mm-mm. Stop it, Brother Milo. But we have a place 
we have a place that we can come in and worship and see God. Because if you knew what hour that the, the thief was coming, you would be watching. Mm-hmm. I feel sorry for some of the thieves that come in some of our houses because they're going to go out in a body bag. Uh-oh, did you hear that one? But this rapture is going to be so fast. I don't want to be one of them looking around and don't make it. What happened? You know what happened. God sends his word to let us know where we're at constantly. And there's some times on this, on, this, on, this, on, this, on this fight, we go through some things and you don't understand what's going on. I remember a message that Elder Demery preached a couple weeks ago, about a month ago. And see, God knows the pounding of your heart. Sometimes you sit back and, and you know your heart and your mind need to catch up one with another. You know in your mind, I know God is working this out for my good. I know he's, he's, he's doing something for me. He's perfecting me in this. But your heart needs to catch up with, with your mind. Because there are times your heart is hurt. And you know you, 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 you believe in God and you, and you wonder, well, God, what in the world? What, what happened? What, why? Your mind, oh, he's working it out for my good. But your heart is saying, oh, God, please, I don't understand. I don't understand. And you won't sit up and complain to God because you got enough sense not to complain. But then, God, that message came. And I didn't say nothing to you other day. I started to. But God gave me some clarity. And I said, Lord, I thank you. I thank you. Because there are times you, you, you thinking, now, Lord, what in the world are you doing? What are you doing? What is going on? I know what you told me. I believe what you said. But what is going on? And then you look up. And what you and see, God will, will tell you things, and you thinking it's going that direction, and God going another direction. Until you realize that, oh, wait a minute, he went that way. But I know what he said, but he went that way. Because he didn't go the direction that you expected him to go, don't mean God didn't, ain't gonna do what he said he's gonna do. You don't have to see it in your time. You do not have to see it in your time. God does everything after the counsel of his own will. And God will do what's necessary to save you. Did you hear me? You get gangrene in that foot. I don't want him to cut it off. That's my foot. I'll never be able to stand again. Let that boy get to flaming. Let that boy get to hurting real good. Let that plane get to hitting you real good. And that thing get to hurting just like that tooth. You, if you ain't never had a tooth hurt, uh, they need to be extracted. Wait till that boy get to humming real cute to you. You don't care what they do. Just get him out. There's some things God will cut away from you. And, 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 and yeah, you don't want him to cut it away. But when he cut it away, then that's when the healing comes. That's when the healing comes. There's sometimes God will cut things out of your life. And then God will do that so you will be fortified. Most important thing is for God to fortify you. And that veil, God wants to fortify us. By us going into beyond the veil. Because Jesus is the door and the way and the truth. And no man cometh unto the Father but by me. But now we can approach God. Now we can approach him before we fall in sin. See, that's the best time to approach him. We go to the hospital when we know something ain't right, don't we? High pressure get it going. Diabetes get to acting up. You seeing two and three people at the same time. 
You walk them with that limp, you go, yeah, and they're going to go and go to the hospital. What about going to God? I want you to come before me so I can help you. I want to help you, but you got to come in my presence so I can help you. God is holy. He'll come, he wants us to come to him. Just like our children, when they fall down and they raise them hands up, we're waiting to go and pick them up. God wants to help us. He wants us to be secured. He wants to help us in our temptations and our tests. That's why he feels what we're feeling. That's why he knows what we're feeling. He dwells on the inside of us, first of all. That's how he knows how to minister to you. Because he dwells on the inside. He knows those inner thoughts and those feelings and those hurts and those pains because he dwells on the inside. So then he knows how to deal with you, how to minister to you. How can you, look at this. God is individually caring about every last one of us individually. Only God can care about every last one of us individually and be concerned about us and know about everything we're going through. He ain't no Santa Claus. Santa Claus is a fictitious individual. God is the one that's, that's touched with the feelings of our infirmities. God is the one that, that feels our weaknesses. God is the one that, that's concerned about that we make it in. God wants us to make it in, saints. He wants to see us. He wants us to make it to the streets of transparent gold. Think about that. Streets of transparent gold. Gold. Transparent. Look through. Then we'll be able to do what Moses wasn't able to do. We'll be able to see his face. Only thing Moses could do is see his hinder parts. But we'll be able to see his face. We'll be able to see him as he is. He's going to meet us on the cloud, saints. And when he meets us on the cloud, we're going to be changed. We're going to be dressed in fine, wine, uh, fine, clean white linen, which is the righteousness of the saints. We're going to be dressed to impress without a spot or wrinkle or blemish or any such thing. We're going to, when we make it in, we're going to see him as he is. The church is going to be triumphantly victorious that day. No more pain, no more sorrows, no more temptation, no more devil. We are to eternally be with him. We ain't got to worry about going to the white throne judgment unless we're going to be a character witness. Uh-oh, did you hear Brother Milo? Because some folk, God going to bring you as a witness at the white throne judgment. Here you are right there, but you're going to be changed. There ain't going to be no tears in your eyes because the person that you know didn't yield to God. Uh-oh. This mortar shall put on immortality. And we know that his righteous judgment is righteous. God will not let one of us say, Lord, you never told me. There's somebody going to tell you. When you're wrong, God going to let somebody tell you. Now, whether you accept the message or not, that's between you and him. But you ain't going to stand before me and say, Lord, you never told me. Then here flashes the time when God came and told you through somebody. Uh-oh. If God had to use whatever God want to use to tell you, because you know out there in them streets, there's anything walking down the street nowadays. You don't know what you're looking at now. They used to shave their face and do all that and put makeup on now, and they wearing a beard. And they cross-dressing at the same time. Uh-oh, did you hear me? But if God want to use somebody like that to tell you something, you better, you better know God is talking. God will use anybody. We come in the word of the house of God, God will speak to us. We know our bunions been stepped on, our corns is aching, and we got a limp walk. They try to make it look good. Praise him, saying, praise the Lord, I'm doing good. No, you ain't. You wasn't walking like that before the word hit you. You wasn't walking like that before the word hit you. Now the word didn't hit you now. Hear that limp. 
Hear the lamp? Uh-uh. Come clean. Come clean. Beyond the veil is where the glory of God is. And that's where we can commune with him. And that's what we have to seek after is beyond the veil. God didn't do all what he did by manifesting himself in the flesh and then justified himself in the spirit and was seen of angels, was preached unto the Gentiles and received up into glory. All that he did for mankind and all that he suffered for mankind and iniquity of us all was placed on him and for us not to be able to come boldly. He did that to open the door so we could come boldly, so we can obtain help and find favor and grace in time of need and mercy. There are times we need some mercy. You know why? Because flesh is cutting up. Flesh is cutting up. Sometimes flesh get the victory on us some days. Don't, don't think you don't get the victory. Flesh gets the victory on some of the days. Why would we be having to make an appointment? Did you hear me? Because flesh got the victory. But if you walk in the spirit, the Bible says you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. You don't have to fulfill the lust of your flesh. Flesh ain't all about sexual things and all that. There are times people might, might you want to give them a two-piece in the mouth. Did you hear me? There are people that might want, make you want to give them a two-piece, slap them, or use some other words. Now, we got the Holy Ghost now, and God took that tongue and could, took control of it. He'll control that tongue if you let him. And you don't have to use profanity for your tongue to get wild and out. You can, you, can, you can curse somebody with your mouth by saying the wrong thing. You, you can bless somebody real good. You don't have to cuss to make somebody mad at you. You can say the truth and not do it in love. Mm-mm. You know, them Pharisees, they hit you over the head. Watch out for them Pharisees. Did you hear Brother Milo? Watch out for them. They ain't in God's stead. They're led by their own lusts and desires. Pharisees use the scriptures, but they're dangerous. You got to look out for Pharisees. I ain't going to be no Pharisee. Did you hear me? I got my hands full of dealing with me. I got, I got a path that I got to walk, the straight and narrow. If you're on that Broadway, everything goes on Broadway. Everything goes on Broadway. You know, they're getting it in on Broadway. They get everything they want on Broadway. But I'm going to tell you, you're going to pay for Broadway too. Broadway has a whole lot of consequences. But we're having fun over here, y'all. We're enjoying Jesus. Yes, you are. You're enjoying your flesh. And supposedly God at the same time. It don't work like that. I ain't got no time. I ain't got time to be spinning my wheels. And not, and not lifting up when he says, come, my people. It's going to be a great cry when that day comes. I pray that, Lord, let it not be me crying. Let it be me worshiping. Let it, me, let it be me being ushered in into heaven itself. Let, let me see those streets of gold. And let, let me see the, the, uh, the, the, the trees that yield different types of fruit. The tree of life. I want to see that. But the most important is seeing him, first of all. When you see him, you're going to say amen. And then you look at the tabernacle. When you can see the two thrones, the throne of the lamb, that throne represents what I have done for you, that perfect sacrifice for mankind. The other throne is the mighty God himself, the preexistent one, the one before he manifested himself in the flesh. 
And then when the last enemy shall be destroyed, look at this, at the end of the white throne, at the end of the white throne judgment, then he that overcometh shall be my son. Look at this. That's when sonship becomes completely, fully mature. New heavens, new earth, no devil, God Almighty, no son. You ain't got to worry about going out working on fields now after that time. Look at here. You hear me? We have to go out here and work every day, don't we? Think about when you don't have to work. You get up, a ready-made mansion for you, and you got the God of glory, and you're going to live eternal? You got things waiting on you God ain't even told us about yet. Eyes have not seen, ears have not heard. Neither has it entered the heart of men the things that God has prepared for them that love him. There's something waiting for us on that other side that this earth cannot compare to. All this stuff is going to get burned up. You know that, don't you? All the new clothes, all the new shoes, all the new cars, all the new gadgets, all that stuff is going to be done. All the stuff we can't wait to get on our birthday and for Christmas, that stuff ain't going to mean nothing. That's a mess. Folk going in debt, can't pay it off. By the time they pay it off, it's the next Christmas. And it's tore up two or three days later. They loved it the first five, six hours, and then the next day they didn't put it in the closet. Uh-oh, I, I didn't mean to go there. Praise the Lord. But Amen. I got to see his face in peace. And I got to stay within the veil. A place that nobody else could go at one time. But the high priest and Moses. But now we can come boldly. We can go beyond the veil. And we could commune with God. There's nothing like communing with God. Think about when you commune with him. And he's loving on you and you loving on him. And you can feel his power. There's blessings there's, there's help. There's healing in his presence. And I said today, I said tonight, it'll be a year tomorrow since my, father, my son passed away. But God healed me in an instant when he came through my heart. He healed me in an instant. Thank you, Lord. I'm not walking around here crumbled over. Thank you, Lord. I'm not no wounded soldier. You hear me? You, my feet are planted forward. And the fight is still on. And I'm still going for it. It doesn't matter what's going on. I don't care about all this stuff on the side, on that side. My eyes are plenty for it. I'm going to live for Jesus. I didn't came too far to turn back now. What do you go back to? What's to go back to? If them folk out in the streets could t give you a testimony, I'm going to tell you something. They people say ain't nothing out in the streets. It's everything that your flesh wants to get into. But everything that your flesh gets caught up into, and it's going to take God to get you out of because if the devil convinced you God can't give you the victory because your flesh is so wrapped up in it and can't live without it. I've seen people go out and leave the church and get hooked on crack. I see some young women when I first got saved. The appeal of the world got to them. And as of the day, they ain't been changed. They left the church, got out there, and they abused them. Don't leave the church, folks. It's a whole lot for your flesh to get into. There's a whole lot that'll mess your mind up. I know an individual that went on a 20-year trip because somebody gave him the wrong thing. Brothers and sisters, watch what you drink. You got friends? Keep your drinks. Watch your drinks. Don't leave your drink around nobody. 
Because you don't know who's going to plant something in it. They want to see your reaction. They want to see how the church girl act when they put something in it. How do you know that? I ain't always been saved. Now, I didn't do that. I'm going to tell y'all right now. But I had a buddy that did it. She, she, she was interested in the world, so she ain't had no business being in the car with us. So we fired up one old folks, if y'all know what I mean. I ain't going no further. But my buddy put something in that one. And after she took a hit off of that, boy, she got loosed in. Did you hear Brother Milo? But she had no business being out there with us. Don't let nobody set you up. That's my homie. I'm going to tell you something. You don't know what these folk have put in what you got. People want to see you. They know. I'm going to tell you something. When you green, folk know when you green. They know you ain't out there with them. They want to see you get involved with something to see how you react to it. Don't trust these folk. Tell y'all. Because you ain't out there in the same excess of riding and getting turned upside down. Flipped around, playing spin the bottle, somersaults, flips, ain't out here at three or four o'clock in the morning, diving out of folks' windows, running down alleys, drinking, smoking, getting high, doing everything you think you're big enough to do. He loves me. He wants me. Don't be no fool. We knew the girls that went away, around the way girls when we was out there. And we was waiting on them too. Did you hear Brother Milo? They waiting on you. Well, I just got to have me somebody. I'm going to tell you something. That young lady, she had to have her somebody, and she needed spiritual help after she got with that person. These people will warp your mind by what they do to you. Did you hear me? Young people, stay, God, stay with God. Did y'all hear me? Stay with God. Everything that's out there, if you get tripped up in it, I'm going to tell you something. It might take you 30 years to get back. And when you come back, you dragging all that foolishness that you went out there and got into. Everybody see your scars and your wounds. You want to be an Esther, young ladies. Did you hear me? Y'all want to be like Esther. You want God to bring you a king. And I'm not talking about them type of kings that don't work either. That ain't no king. You know the one where you have to go to work and he drop you off? Did you hear me? Then he went for your paycheck. One individual said he got benefits. You ain't got no benefits. Because soon as she get tired, she going to call the escort service on you and tell everything you did. Who's the escort service? The police. Then you are sitting up there passed out, sleep, snoring. Mm. And you look up and a flashlight in your face. Come on, buddy. And you ain't going to mama's house either. They're going to take you out. And do you just like this? Did you hear Brother Milo? Young ladies, young men, better watch out for these young girls out here. These young girls is hot now. They beyond hot. I'm gonna tell you something. They used to be, they used, you know, people used to have a, a certain type of respect for themselves back in the day. My client told me he went down to Florida, he's about my age. He said, man, some of the way these women were coming in the restaurants and what they had, what they didn't have on. Folk ain't scared to show it all. They let it all out. 
They want you to look at it too. It's self-worship. Coming at God's house and you want to be worshipped. Uh oh, watch out, Brother Milo. Shut your mouth right now. Think about it. I'm, talk, I'm not talking about the sinners. We could, we, this is a holy way. This is a right way. This is a chosen way. This is that, that way that God has preordained for us to walk in. Not for us to falter down the way. You, you did run well, but what doth hinder you? You know, I'm going to say this and I'm going to get out the way. The great falling away has already happened. Don't let that devil trick you into falling away. If it was good for your grandmama, if it was good for your mama, it's still good for you. Do some things you had to be tweaked, yeah. Making holiness better, that's how you tweak it. Come on now. You make it better. You make this thing between you and God. You and God. Don't be mean as a pit bull. And you got two different types of fruit going on. You speaking in tongues and shouting and running all through the church. And as soon as you leave the church. Who you looking at? Wait a minute. What type of spirit is that? What about that love? That, that genuine love is for real. That care for each other. Caring for each other. We have to love each other. Because I'm going to tell y'all something. I don't know if y'all know this. Y'all can check behind me. They're going to stop allowing us to write our ties off. I don't know if y'all heard about that. This whole thing's been implemented. The squeeze is coming on the church, saints. The squeeze is coming on the church. But you know what God's going to do? When you squeeze us, that's when we get better. Because I ain't going to stop giving. I ain't going to stop putting my money into God's house. We ain't doing that. I'd be in millions of dollars worth of debt and being down in Mexico right now if I, if I didn't pay my tithes and offering. Y'all be looking for me and I'd be down there in the, under the border somewhere because they'd be chasing me. I'm dead serious. I've been in a courtroom and dragged in the court and tried to make, to, they tried to make me sign a blank contract. I ain't dumb. $560 a day they was trying to make me pay. Multiply that by seven. I'll be having to cut hair with both hands and my feet trying to do something. Trying to pay that every week. And the hustle when I go after I leave the barbershop and still be down there on the Alabama flints asking for some food. Because if they get, your, they get a hold of your pocket, I'm going to tell you something, but God will feed you. But when you pay your tithes and your offering and you faithful to God, I'm going to tell you something. God will take care of you. There's been some times I said, Lord, I need a blessing right now. And I've seen God open a blessing, a door for me that day. He keeps feeding. He keeps feeding. And I praise God for provisions. If you got God, you got provisions. And, if, and when you got provisions, you don't have to worry about it. A thousand cattle on the hill belong to him. So if God need to have somebody come in and put something in your hand, he'll do it. God will have a check come out of nowhere, he'll do it. 
me tell you something. I found a check in my pocket from last year. I showed cash to two, didn't I? Yes, I did. Right on time, too. You don't know when it's going to come or how it's going to come. God will provide for you. Keep giving, saints. Keep giving. Be faithful what I've given. I'm not the pastor. I'm not trying to be the pastor. I'm just, a, I'm just telling y'all as a witness of what God can do down through the years. I would be in millions of dollars of debt right now if God hadn't opened doors for me. And I said I would be down south. I sure would. Because if they'd have came looking for me, boy, Brother Milo would have got in that car with my foot on the gas and kept it moving. The hustle will travel. I'd have been down in Mexico. They've been looking at me. Man, he get it in down here. You know why? Because I got to eat. But I'm going to tell y'all something. Keep on being faithful to God. Stay in God's presence. Within the veil, we got everything we need. As an anchor of the soul. God will anchor your soul. And that is within the veil because Jesus went in beyond the veil for me and you. So we can do what? Go in with him so we can get help and get mercy in time of need. So we don't have to worry about failing God. Because if he's coming for a church without a spot or wrinkle blemish or any such thing, we got to have it together before he says, come my people. We got to be perfected before we leave here. Don't let these folk tell you ain't nobody perfect. God is expecting the same thing out of us as he expects out of, out of Christ when he walked in this flesh. Jesus Christ took all excuses away from every last one of us. Ain't no man on earth can, can come with an excuse with him. Unless you're born with a half a brain. And God got mercy for that too. God got mercy for everything. But when mercy runs out, grace can't cover. Did y'all know that? Mercy can run out and... And grace can't do nothing for it. Grace got to just turn away and walk away. Mercy, mercy done ran out. Grace says, oh, well, I got to go too. Because they both work hand in hand. Grace gives you opportunity to get your act together. Mercy is what keeps God from judging you right then. Thank God. Amen? Amen. Amen. And you're in at the sound of my voice.